Welcome to The Athletics of Business, a podcast about how the traits and behaviors of elite athletes and remarkable business leaders frequently intersect. The real stories and hard lessons to help you level up your leadership and performance. Now your host, Ed Molitor. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletics of Business podcast. I am your host and CEO of the Molitor Group, Ed Molitor, and I could not be more thrilled to welcome today's special guest, someone I consider a dear friend, a mentor, an expert in her field, Maureen Monte. Maureen is an author and a consultant to sports and corporate teams where she brings a Moneyball meets Ted Lasso approach to high-performing teams, including 2,000 athletes and coaches at the middle school level, the high school level, the college level, and the Olympic level. Maureen uses the Clifton Strength Finders to measure talent that helps leaders in teams reach their full potential. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to Maureen's previous two episodes. First episode, number 10, finding your strengths and understanding your weaknesses. And then episode number 114, where we dive into her book, Destination Unstoppable. And we talk about building winning teams. And today on episode number 182, and as a girl dad, I so embrace this and I absolutely love this. We are helping Maureen celebrate the release of her latest book, Win Like a Girl, coaching female athletes to become confident at the game of life, which provides sorely needed bravery training that takes women from the locker room to the corporate boardroom. Incredible conversation. There's so much here. So I want to get out of the way and jump into it. A few of the things that we'll talk about today, we'll talk about the importance of understanding your strengths and weaknesses in order to facilitate meaningful conversation and the value of asking questions and sparkling dialogue to encourage learning. And one of the pieces of this conversation that I absolutely love, choosing conversation and action over silence and inaction. And when you think about some of the difficult conversations that we have to have, the hard conversations, but being intentional about choosing that conversation is so powerful. And then we'll talk about reshaping the concept of winning to prioritize personal and team growth and being intentional and training, playing hard and what being a great teammate needs. There's so much more here. I just hope you enjoy listening to this half as much as I did recording it. Maureen is absolutely a superstar, one of the kindest souls that I know, and she pours everything she has into her work. And that's why I'm so super excited about this book, Win Like a Girl, because it is absolutely what all the young women out there need right now. Maureen, thank you so much for joining us. And we're already laughing. Thank you so much for joining us again here on the Athletics of Business podcast. I can't speak. We're having so much fun already. Third time you've been on, and I am so delighted to have you back and to talk about your new book. Ed, I can't thank you enough. I This is my first podcast, really, about my book since it's been released. And to have it be with you is super fun for me. And I'm, I'm really honored. This is going to be fun. The people that are listening are going to learn a lot. We're going to have a good time. I don't think this will be uh, one that they can turn off. No. Well, as long as you do all the talking, it's not one that they can oh. turn off. Okay. So I have the easy part to ask questions. But I want to read something from your new book, When Like a Girl, obviously very near and dear to my heart. Just love the work you do. But this is early in the book, and it explains the current situation and state of affairs in not just sports, but women's sports, right? And it says, we've reached a critical juncture in sport. Forget the win-loss records, the statistics, and the world rankings. They mean nothing in the long game of life. It's time to move the goalposts and gain utter clarity about our success in sport. Success is helping athletes navigate their emotions and overcome significant challenges like being ridiculed on social media, saying no to alcohol or drugs or life. Asking for help is brave. We must develop power for girls who will choose, I love this, who will choose conversation and agency over silence and inaction. Winning is training girls to dig deep for valor when the brutal winds of self-doubt howl. Victory is coaching athletes to be confident, formidable girls who say this is wrong and then do something about it. Athletes who are the first to step forward when others step back. Athletes who raise their hands and take charge. Man, is that powerful. Talk to me about that, could you? I believe it 1000%. I have seen the consequences firsthand when young women are not able to do it, when women and middle-aged women are not able to do it. And when executives are not able to do it, that's why it's a life skill because it is our job to learn how to do this. Because if not us, who? And if not now, if we don't teach young girls this now, when will they learn? And that's why I asked Riley Gaines to write the foreword because I don't care how you feel. 
about the whole issue of trans women competing in women's sports. Riley, at least, had the fortitude to raise her hand and say, that's not fair. What were the conversations with Riley about that, that experience, right, for her? Where did that come from? First of all, none of this was on my radar until it was, right? That's how it works, right? Yeah. And I was impressed with Riley's ability to stand up in the face of that social media pressure, in the face to say nothing, in the face to the whole world. And we were speaking about boundaries a minute ago. We don't have boundaries in the locker room anymore, right? We don't have boundaries in women's sports. So her ability to challenge the the lack of boundaries, I thought was really impressive. I met her in Michigan and told her about when like a girl. And I'm thinking, I didn't know what to TV. I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. And so but I told her about it. She was very interested. We emailed. I went to a conference in July of 2023 that was strictly about the science of athletes, male, female. What does it tell us? Where is the, does the testosterone matter? Da, 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 da. Riley spoke and she has since spoke. I've seen her speak on many panels, but she spoke along with the a swimmer that was on the same team with swimmer Leah Thomas. And the moment Everything changed for me was when the swimmer who was on the same team as Thomas, who had been raped at 16, so now she's a college athlete, was forced to change, strip down naked in front of Thomas 18 times a week. And this is not how I expected us to start this podcast, by the way, right? I I do not have an agenda on any of this other than if we want women to participate in sports, we have to make it fair, safe. And inclusive is important, too. But I do not believe that the very best way to solve this problem is through having men who have become women compete against women, right? Right. So Riley's clarity around it and her courage and her willingness to stick into the fight has was impressed me. And I realized she was the real deal, right? Mm -hmm. Because people present themselves. But I spent three days with Riley Gaines out in Colorado. She's the real deal. Tell us about your work. Tell us about your work in in, in women's sports and your, your commitment and your passion. And there's something, I also want to read something that's that's on your website. Matter of fact, I wrote it down right here that I love. Your two books, Destination Unstoppable, which we talked about in a previous podcast, absolutely loved it about the Cranbrook hockey team and the story behind that and how that connects to your childhood and your upbringing and the work that you do. Um, and now Win Like a Girl. But I love the two books, One Purpose, To Realize Potential and Change Lives. I love that. I, that's it. And the small wins for me are the joyful ones, right? Mm-hmm. Meaning I don't need of the Olympic gold medal. And I've worked with Olympic athletes. I love them to death. But to me, a small win is a woman who chooses to not eat lunch by herself for the first time ever in high school Mm -hmm. to go talk to someone and say, can I sit with you? Mm -hmm. To me, that is a small win. That is a ginormous win, right? Mm -hmm. The obstacles women have, and it gets back to the strength finder. And this win like a girl is not a strength finder book, right? The goal is coaching female athletes to become confident in the game of life. But my data, my strength finder data, which I always do strength finder with the teams I work with, I began to see ginormous gender differences between the male athlete and the female athlete profile. Shockingly so, to the point where I'm like, this is Were you surprised? Usually. I mean, because you've, at this point, you've worked with both men and women's teams for years. And when you really sat there and- When the numbers got higher- yeah. Of, of, okay, so now I've worked with 200 men and male athletes and female, now 400, then 600, then 700, and now it's over 700. And, and I also have a separate, and this is another podcast for another day. I have 400, almost 500 coaches, and they have an entirely different strength finder profile, right? So I see there's three species in sports. There's male athletes, there's female athletes, and there's coaches. And they're not alike. Now they have some commonalities, but just a few. And what they have in common is they're gritty and hard work. So they want, they're persistent. They're pers- they per- persevere. And I'm talking about the athletes at this point. Where it goes south, different is a better way of saying it, is the you know number one strength in male athletes is competition. Very, very high. And it doesn't, it just makes the top 10 of female strengths. Okay? They're not competitive. They're in it for different reasons. They compete to be more of part of a team, to make progress in doing well in something, right? Um, and they like it. And I'm all for it. Those are great outcomes. But here's where it gets shockingly abysmal. And this is why it's hard for women to speak on any topic, whether it's having lunch or whether it's saying enough of this with male and men in the locker room, okay? 728 female athletes, I've looked at the data this morning just to make sure I was on top of it. Well, what self-confidence can be measured by the strength finder, right? right? 
if we think sport builds confidence in female athletes, then what percentage of female athletes should have confidence or self-assurance in their top five profile? Well, gosh, it should be quite high is what mm-hmm. it should be. So yeah. pick a number. See, you would put me in the spot. I'll go with, I have a gut feeling what it is, what it's around, but to go along with this exercise, I will say really, it would be awesome if 80% of female athletes had self-confidence in their top five. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be. It would, and it would be. be awesome if it was 100%, it but would 80, be. 80% would be phenomenal. Right. Two. Two <laughs> percent. I really didn't. I didn't think it was going to be that Two percent. Yeah. I was thinking 30 to 35%, maybe. Two percent. Not even. Two percent. It's and, and the least common strength in female athletes. And let's talk about, for you, the female athletes that you have done this with, too. Like, this is yeah. significant. This is really it is. significant. It is. I have worked with high school, college, and Olympic athletes, national team athletes, right? It isn't like I'm, and it, and by the way, I don't think this is the, it isn't like that they're, I'm working with, I think if I picked women out of a group, uh, athletes out of a group, it would fall under this the same thing. Meaning it's not just that I'm working with some of the best. I think, and here's the, at the root of the problem is this, we are confusing for female athletes, competence with some, at something, with confidence at something. Wow. The competence is super high, right? And this permeates pro sports. You saw Naomi Osaka fall apart in the press room after a match, and she took time off, right? Simone Biles took time off. Now, Simone just won, and I added this to my book at the last second, because I heard her interview in my jaw drop. She just won her eighth U.S. national title. Eighth. She's the GOAT in gymnastics, right? Which wasn't their... It was questionable whether or not she was going to qualify with when she came back. Yeah. Her first time back was here out and off in the States, outside Chicago. She competed. And I didn't realize that she was trying to make the U.S. national team, or right. excuse me, to compete for it. So that is amazing. And then she nails it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she has like 19 gold medals, whether it's world championships or Olympic medals in her life. She's 26. Okay. And her post-game interview, and this is in my book, and I've got, I'm happy to send you the link, with NBC. She said in her post-match interview, she said she felt great and, and her team believes in her and her coaches believe in her and her fans believe in her and her family believes in her. Maybe now I can start to believe in myself. Okay, and that's so the this, goat, that's that's the goat the saying goat. And so how do you think a 13, 14, 15-year-old high school athlete or a college athlete is feeling? And then there's all these other enormous life pressures. So the point being, we've got to close the confidence to confidence gap. We have to increase their confidence. We can train for confidence. It takes practice, daily practice. It doesn't take hard practice. And at the end of my book is the playbook for exercise and activities I've done with teams to help young women make this journey, to stand up and say, stop sexting me, to stand up and say, I want to be captain, to stand up and say, I want a promotion. At what age can you start utilizing this playbook? Oh, absolutely. You can start... So I could start with our my, my daughter's little feeder basketball team. We could start with this. Absolutely, you can start with this, and it's it's large. It's, a lot of it's dialogue and having them. You know, one of the exercises I have athletes do is describe what they're most afraid will happen. Right. So when you start talking about, you know, what do you fear most when you compete? And I've got a video on my website of the the five fears female athletes fear the most. Five things female athletes fear the most, and it's from my work with athletes and coaches. And most of it, because the strength, their strength finder results are most are mostly a relationship oriented, is fear of broken connections or disappointing parents or disappointing coaches or disappointing teammates or making a mistake and looking stupid. And that makes me an outsider. They have this entire worry box of things that, and if you are worried about that, you will not perform well. Right. You know, God, there's so much here. So training confidence, right? Mm-hmm. Every single day, here's the thing. Be intentional about it. Absolutely. And one of the things, the first thing that comes to mind is something that I say to Maddie and EJ. Maddie's 11, EJ's nine. And I'll tell Maddie, never worry about letting me down. Never. No matter what happens out there, you're not going to let me down. Just make sure you play hard and you're a great teammate. That's it. If you do those two things, we're good. I don't care what right. mistakes you make. I don't get just effort and energy and teammate. Be a great teammate. That's it. It's all care. But you sit there and we talk about confidence. And when a young woman, a young girl is on the lacrosse field, on the soccer pitch, on the basketball court, on the softball, and whatever it is, and they look and they see the body language that some of these coaches display. Right. And they see the body language 
that somebody's parents display. And they hear that dad, mom, they're the only ones on the sidelines, like lighting me up. And I'm trying my best. God, I don't know that the whole competence versus confidence thing is that well known. It's, I think it's utterly missed. Oh and, and, and it came to me late in the game of this. And right. I've been working on this book for four years. And I had a conversation with the athletic director who said, oh, my, my girls are way more confident than my boys. And I remember looking at it in high school. I remember looking at him thinking, dude, you are either out of touch yeah. or you got some, something in the water. Okay. <laughs> you know, don't okay give that water you. to me, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, as I thought about it, I'm like, no, 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 no. You know what? He is confusing girls that are coachable, girls that are competent with confidence. Yeah. He's confused. I, and, you know, I never went back and said, dude, you're so confused. Here, let me help you. Um, I may. He's actually, I could walk there. If you remember in the book, and, and the book is structured with a, a short intro, Rye the Gains Forward, my little intro. And my intro was that 12, my 12-year-old cousin getting screamed at by a guy, a parent who yelled, just hit the damn ball. And I took the word God out, okay, just because I thought we should. Yep. Hit the damn ball. And the coaches with their arms crossed, you know, and the girl falls apart. And so then it's the fictional story of a, a lacrosse team to try to, and it allowed me to, to bring all the characters I've worked with over the years. Well, yes, yeah, so let's talk about that. that. Talk about the book and how, where it came from and how you put it together, because it was very fascinating because as I'm reading it, and I loved it, I absolutely loved it. As I'm reading it, I'm like, gosh, I wonder where this person showed up in Maureen's life. I wonder where this person. <laughs> You know, there are some I want to meet. There are some I'm good without, right? <laughs> and there's some I could probably connect the dots to certain folks here that we deal with in the, in the athletic world. But yes. talk to us about the book. Well, as I began to see the confidence and then these conversations I had with young women and their inability to ask for help. And there were two women in particular being sexted by the same guy and they could not go ask. They would not. And I offered to go with them. And, you know, I mean, all these little things are, that are big things too, right? I mean, and they never did. And they thought it would impact their, their ability to make the team. Hmm. And I, they made the team. And the, the person who was sexing them, the boy that was sexing them was related to someone on the coaching staff. Yeah, I saw you're just like, you can't make up their, their horror stories. So there, there was that, all that experience. And then I have the strength finder data. And then I'm seeing how different they are than men and that they have different coaching needs mm-hmm. as a result. Okay. So I build a how-to uh, nonfiction book about how to do what I do with athletes with some of my research behind it and some of the data. I went to, a, of all things, if anybody out there is writing a book, write down the name Jane Friedman. Jane Friedman is a tremendous resource. She offered 25 bucks. I could go to a class on the importance of the table of contents. <laughs> and so of all things, I go and I hear this woman named Jenny Nash speak at about, and she showed examples. I'm like, oh my gosh. And if you think of the Table of contents being your menu for a restaurant. Just say it's a cheeseburger versus this thing will change your life or whatever, right? I'm making that. Yeah. Long story yeah. short, I ended up hiring Jenny to coach me on the whole book. Okay. And that was a, not an insignificant financial adventure. It was the best thing I ever did. I'm not an, I'm an engineer, right? I'm a, I'm a leadership consultant. I am not a author. So long story short, she and I decided to make it fictional. Rather than a, here's a step-by-step on how to have confidence training with female athletes. And I started with an, a team I actually worked with. They were a lacrosse team. And it was a subset of some of the challenges, but not all the challenges I've ever faced in my journey with male and female athletes or sports teams, since I, which I've been doing since 2015. And so that allowed me some freedom. I could create a coach that was a compilation of three or four coaches, or I could create right. girls that were. But I, what I wanted was the journey to be realistic, how hard it is. To be a first-time coach, that's her job, right? That's the yeah. main characters. And then yeah. she goes and gets mentoring from her high school coach, who, who she was not coachable when she was in high school, right? right. It's all the same things you're going to see. So and extremely talented, experience. like extremely accomplished, extremely talented, extremely talented, you know, all-American, blah, 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 right? But I wanted to put at the beginning of the book, and I this shows my age, I and I used to be young. <laughs> <laughs> we all did. <laughs> before COVID, before hey, the book, I was young. Yeah, yeah. I swear we, all were, we all did. We all were younger. But Kylie Simon's song, You're So Vain, you're mm-hmm. so vain, you probably think the song is about you. Mm-hmm. I wanted to put it at the front of the book, and this reflects my nature. If you think any of these characters are you, you go read the lyrics to Carly Simon's book, You're So Vain, you probably think this thing is about you. Because I do have a, you know, some people that might think, well, that there she's talking about me or whatever. And I'm not. It is a female sports story. 
but I've had difficult male athletes. I've had great male athletes. I've had difficult female athletes, you know, great coaches, both coaches, great parents, troubled parents. It is an independent of any one person or any one scenario, right? But it does, I do have, you know, having made that literally hundreds of workshops with thousands of people, there are some interesting stories. Right? I, hey, can we pause for one second? Because I know how to make you a TikTok star. Okay. I've oh got my it. God. I wouldn't do TikTok off my leg to pen bottom. Okay. No, go no, ahead. no, no. Just stay with me here. Okay. You with- need to make a music video holding that book, mouthing, lip syncing the words to you probably think this song is about you by Carly Simon. <laughs> oh my God. And yes. And we'll dress you up like a lacrosse coach with a whistle around your neck and a clipboard in your hand. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to be at a million hits and then we'll work on the NIL deal. We'll have all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. We'll be rolling, Maureen. Huh? And- all right. What Sorry. would I do without you? I know. I know. Probably have a lot more sanity. But anyways, all right. So you made it so, made it a fictional book, which I absolutely love because you're combining people in your world into one. Athletic directors, you know. Yes, man. And I, as I was reading, you could feel it though, right? Because the characters were too spot on. They were too real. And it, that's yeah. what makes it such a great story. So you- And that was hard work because I've not done that before, right? Mm-hmm. I've never written fiction, a fictional book. Was it hard? And I'm curious, and I don't want this to become a book writing, but I am curious okay. because it speaks to the meaning behind the book, right? That's what I love about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. It speaks to the meaning. Was it hard though at times, even Carly Simon or no Carly Simon is like, God, I really can't create that story because I'm going to say a name and hope it's nobody's name, but Joe's going to know that I absolutely am talking about that one time back mm-hmm. in 2015. Yeah. He pulled that. Was that challenging for you? You know, I was able to, to shift the specifics enough Mm-hmm. capture the the greatness or the difficulty of the moment, but shift the specifics enough, right? Right. First time coach. First time coach. Job. Let's yeah. talk about the team. So she inherits a group that had won the state championship a year before. And that was part of the true story of the original lacrosse team I worked with. New coach, and they'd, they'd won the state championship the year before. So at a school that's a good sports school, right? You would, you would say, wow, overall, if my child's an athlete, that's a good place to go, right? And she is convinced, as she was a competitive monster, that she can bring a high-performing competitive philosophy and, and mentality to this group. Well, the girls hate her, right? From the moment they start, everything's measured. What was the coach like before her? Because I think that's important to share. Too. Oh, she was meaning the coach that, that, that was she the replaced. real coach? That she re- no, oh, what was it? that she so replaced. What was she like? So I think that's a significant piece. Yeah. She replaced a man okay. who, in the story, she replaced a man who had been so abusive on the girls that the parents had a little rebellion. Right. After state gone. championship. After state championship. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with many coaches who've been fired. So it happens and it may be fair, maybe unfair, but it happens. But that's, she's coming into the high expectations. She has high expectations. She has this approach that it, winning is everything in her mind, which by the way, does reflect more of a male athlete model. Right in, in terms of strength, but are, they are out there though, right? There's, they are, yeah. and we need we need those women because yes. they'll set the bar. Yes, but nobody. We also need to accommodate the fact that in general, women need that strong connection with coaches and teammates. That's the fuel for high performance. And a divided, high drama, full of craziness women's athletic team will rarely perform well. Right. So it's her learning the hard way. Right. Because it doesn't work for her, all her rules and all her measuring. And there's a thing she institutes called the winning suit, the winner's circle. And every day at practice and after games, she says who the three people are that belong in the winner's circle today. With the end of the year being uh, whoever's in there most, let's say Brie was in there most, Brie gets the MVP. But the kids that are new are never, ever, ever even going to be in the, the winner's circle or those that are adding value by being human glue, right, on the team. Yep. So she learns the hard way. Now you and I might put him in the winner's circle, but right. this woman was not. This woman was not going to put. No, 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 no. She didn't value that at all. And this is the challenge: helping coaches understand that there are many things that can be valued here. And so it's the story of her finally hitting rock bottom. She's having trouble with her her fiance. She's struggling with her team. The, the everyone hates her. There's been a, a battle with her and her assistant coach on the bus, and she reaches out to her former high school coach, and he agrees to work with her as long as. She implements what then becomes when like a girl, the framework. And I think it's important here because I, I don't know if, 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 if a male coach is listening, you know, a, a man who coached a woman's team, we're not bashing men coaches at all. 
Because that's who she reaches. It's it, mm-hmm. it's the behaviors of certain individuals, right? But Correct. she reached out to her former coach. Mm-hmm. And what he does is just super, it's incredible. So sorry, I just want to make sure that we put that. No, and I, I think that. that's super important. One of the things I did get, and it doesn't matter from whom, someone say that it rubbed her the wrong way that a man helped her improve. Yeah. I'm like, let's not do the, I hate male bashing. I really do. I, I As a female engineer, Mm-hmm. And I started and end my career. I'm the only woman on the team. Where would I have been if nobody, if the men didn't you know, allow me? In, and I had more trouble with women, frankly, a little bit like Riley does, the head coach, the fictional head coach, right? So my point is we need them all, right. okay? Everybody's valuable. Let's, yeah, and let's, I did not mean, I did not mean to interrupt you, but I know. Oh, that. no, that's okay. That's okay. So she reaches out to him and he says, you weren't very cool. He puts her on the, on the screws on her, meaning, you know, he, he's real upfront about you weren't coachable then, are you coachable now? And she's desperate enough that she's willing to try his way, which she hated as an, his athlete, being his athlete, right? She resisted measuring her assists versus her goals, right? That sort of thing. So long story short, she has a you know a, a moment, a week between, so spring break, and she's alone because her boyfriend didn't come home. So therefore, she's forced, not forced, but she chooses to make the journey of learning a different way of going about this. Right. Then she has the moment where she has to heal the team, right? The team comes back going, man, we're going to be in big trouble because we've lost all those games. And by better appreciating her girls, by appreciating her assistant coach, who doesn't know a thing about lacrosse, but provides the human glue side of things, the season turns around and they make it to the state final. And that, you know, that, that turns out how it turns out. Her challenges continue in terms of there's a difficult parent. The athletic director has his way of doing things. And then there is the very most difficult girl on the team who is determined to bring everybody down. And you're going to find some people like that. And so it's her journey of, of learning how to manage all that to the best of her ability, reshaping what winning looks like, right? Mm-hmm. From the win-loss column to these girls learning who they are and doing things they were afraid to do previously, both on and off the field, and figuring out for herself how she can add the greatest impact to the universe. So that's the story. And here's the thing, reshape what winning looks like. And it's okay for us to talk about as coaches, as athletes and parents, you know, we still, we still want to compete. We still want to win, but winning win loss column, those marks are going to be a byproduct of the way that you're doing things and how you define it for these girls. Right. That's absolutely correct. Can we talk about for a second, how you weave in the top five fears of female athletes into the story, how they show up and you subtly put those in there. Cause I think it's really fascinating. Yeah. So I, I already knew that, like I already had the five fears kind of figured out. Right. And so I address them through conversations with the coach, with the girls or the girls coming forward and saying, I'm afraid if I don't, you know, what if I make a mistake when she finally puts the young woman Tegan in right in a playoff, She's like, I, I might make a mistake. I might. She's like, nope, you've prepared for this. You go do that. And so it's really about weaving them in as real things that happen within the story itself, right? The characters or her own reaction to some of the things that they're afraid of, valuing the girls that bring the, the human glue, the goalie, right? The girl, the Kiona is her name, who helps try to, she does her very best to manage the difficult athlete who's named Lexi, right? She So she's adding value in other ways. And so it's, all about helping them feel valued in the roles that they have, the different roles they have. And all all teams have girls with different roles, right? There's the girls, there's the most competitive, the captain's competitive, Jayla Valentina's the co-captain. She doesn't like conflict. They try to talk to Riley, Riley won't hear them and the head coach. So it's the journey of, of people struggling to make a organization successful. This journey is the same journey, whether you're in sports, whether you're in home, whether you're a leader in a corporate team or a, a woman right. trying, to find, trying to find their way in the workplace. But I do think the only thing that has never happened in this book, right, or that I'd shaped the truth around was I have the parents practice. So mm-hmm. there is a game canceled. We have the parents practice. The parents don't know that when they show up, that they are actually going to be put on the field to try to play lacrosse with their girls being the coach and the girls saying, run faster, yeah. mom right? What kind of shot was that? Right. And yeah. then I think the more precious part of that was, and they have to commit to the team trust bank and you know, the team trust bank that's from destination unstoppable, yep. but yep. the parents have to commit to say only so, nice things. Well, let's talk about the team trust bank. I All think right. if I'm listening to this, I'm like, well, gosh, I really want to know 
with the team. My answer is go read Destination Unstoppable. Let's talk about the team trust bank. The team trust bank I use with every team. And I'm corporate executives. This has turned some groups around. You are either, the trust bank is this. It's like any other bank account. You want more in it than less. And everything you say, do, or decide is either helping the team, and therefore it's a deposit in the team trust bank, or it's hurting the team, and it's a withdrawal. So the goal is to make deposits and measure the trust bank by acknowledging deposits. And so a great someone makes a great pass, that's a deposit in the team trust bank. Somebody helps someone with homework, that's a deposit. Somebody helps someone get home when they had they didn't have a way to get home, that's a deposit. A withdrawal is you suck and don't do that again, right? Or or just put, I, putting your hands up, making a face, right? making your face. All that yeah. negative body language, none of that is a that is that is hurting the team. It is not helping right. the team. And every single one of us have control. The girls and everybody else that I ever work with have to commit to one hundred percent ownership of it of the the amount of money in the trust bank. Meaning. Let's say you and I have a trust bank. I'm not going to say, well, I did my part and wait for you, Ed, to do yours. I'm going to say, we don't have enough money in the trust bank. What can we do to increase the money? We work together to do it and we must address withdrawals. This is the particularly hard part for female athletes. Mm -hmm. If I, and I talk about this in the book, right? If I tell you you're a slacker during practice and I don't have my own little light bulb moment to go, that's actually a withdrawal from the team trust bank. And right. go back to you and say, you know what, Ed, I'm sorry. I'm tired. I had a bad day. I w- that will not happen again. And that's 100% ownership. I will never do that again to you, Ed. And instead, I don't realize that. And I go on about my business and think Ed's lucky that I helped him understand that he was a slacker. You then have to come to me and say, Maureen, that was a withdrawal from me. That was a withdrawal from the team trust bank. And then I have to say, you know what? You're right. It was. And I will never do that to you again, Ed. I appreciate you letting me know. It will never happen again. And that's how you take 100% ownership for a team trust bank. And when everybody commits to that, there's no longer about I'm a good person or a bad person or you stink or I don't like you. It's a withdrawal or it's a deposit. And you can do that with people that you struggle to enjoy. So it's transformational. That The thing that I find significant about the team trust bank is metrics aren't deposits. Goals aren't deposits. No, no. Assist, I guess. It's great. I mean, assist is more of an or saying nice, pa- saying nice, saying or right? great goal or, or actually, yeah. Don't worry, we'll get that next time. Yeah, right. It, it gives it gives a whole new meaning, Maureen, to when a coach stands in front of his team and says, "We're broke, like we're broke." Right? Exactly. How many of us are? How many of us are overdrawn? Hmm? You know, and we've had that. And you know what's interesting to me though, with that practice scenario and getting the parents to practice. What if we did that with the parents at the beginning of the season on the sidelines and in the stands and said, yo, and once you're overdrawn, you better figure it out or you're not coming around. Right. I think it's totally, this is how you shape culture. These are boundaries. We talk about boundaries, right? This is how you create boundaries. And when we, everyone is owning it and deposits are celebrated and withdrawals are addressed, so many problems go away right? The human system of success. And that's all I focus on. Well, and it creates that space of psychological safety for everyone. And now if we need to call something out, we're able to call it out and we're intentional and we're conscious of calling it out in the right way. Right. No, you're absolutely correct. So that's part of it is getting them to commit and then having the girls. And I've had athletes do this, write a thank you note to their parents Yeah. about, you know, and that there's, these are all the things that can be, can be done to help make a, a, the athlete have a world-class experience that prepares them for life. Yeah. If you go on a job interview and you're 20 and you send that company's HR person or whoever a thank you note, a real thank you note, you've just differentiated yourself from everybody else out there. Well, I it's so funny. You. I just I just uh, did a workshop down in Austin, Texas. And one of the things we talk about inside of our Victory Defined program is the I intangibles. And the very example I used was the thank you note. Mm, huge. And everyone looks at you like, well, it's not, no, because you weren't around. It's a big deal. Like the handwritten note is a huge, significant deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah do, you want so many... do you want a competitive advantage or don't you? If you're trying so, to get. And right, here's the thing. Like what you're talking about wouldn't like a girl. I mean, my daughter and wife are two of the most competitive human beings I know like in my world. But in someone said this to me, when Maddie started middle school, they said, well, how's How's Maddie doing in middle school? I go, you know, she seems to be adjusting pretty well. I go, I'm really happy. I go, I'm always very conscious of what she says and does and how she acts. I go, but things seem to be, be going okay. 
And they said, well, she's a tough little girl with a lot of self-confidence. I said, oh, is she? I really, I go, is that, I go, is that what you see on the basketball court? Is that what you see on the playground? Is right. that when you see when she's pounding her little brother? I said, she's still inside, deep down inside, she's still an 11-year-old girl, right? But you said, when you're talking about Simon Biles, and by the way, if you send me that link, I will put the Simon Biles press conference. I will put that in our show notes so folks can see it. Perfect. I will Got share it. I'll make a note. Because yeah. I, so, I think that's so significant. But all of this, but we're not talking about not, them not being tough. We're not talking about them not competing. We're not talking about not having fun. But we have to be very aware of what are some of the other strengths that you have seen consistently show up in female athletes? From So at the top is okay. number one is restorative, which is the gritty, I will never quit. Right. Right. So that and it's a it's a weird name. Think of um, it's it, it appears often in doctors. So imagine you had blood results taken, and and you the doctor goes and looks at it and says, "Well, I don't know what's wrong. Come back in a year." Well, that's not helpful. Restorative would be, "I won't quit till we get to the bottom of that." We're we're going to put it all back together. We're going to figure right, it out. Right, right. Yeah. High in both genders. Both are high and achiever. And then after that, for women, is when the strengths that are associated with needing a lot of praise. Or feeling that you understand their feelings, the uh, being included is important, right? And those are way lower than in men in general, but they're it's surprising, and that's where that notion of that female athletes need to bond as a team to battle as a team. That's the the data reflects that, right? And then down at the bottom, you don't see. Yeah, there's confidence at dead last. Um, they're not very so analytical, so strength that is pragmatic. So female athletes tend to be more driven by their emotions, right? And that's the stuff at the top. And and analytical people like Spock from Star Trek are like, well, that's what's the what are the factual aspects of this, right? And they're not, there isn't a lot of that. So when you try to use logic sometimes in many female athletes, it isn't as it doesn't resonate with them. Is that but, that's interesting that you just said that when you try to use logic? So as we're teaching them, I call it basketball IQ, we call it lacrosse IQ, soccer IQ. As you're teaching them that aspect of the game, logically, it might be hard for them to get there. So how do you get them there? So I think that's where you just simply encourage, encourage, encourage. And they'll work hard for you if you believe in them, right? right? Simone Biles needs you to believe in her before she believes in herself. So if you simply believe in them and say, oh, I believe you can do this, and just encourage as they make progress, because they'll work hard at it. It's just a matter of they may not look at it intellectually like you do, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're trying to get at them through their little noodle... That works if it's they're if they're wired that way. It may not work as well if it's more about I want I really just want to be out here having fun with my team and I want you to tell me I'm doing a good job. So right? if you think about this from a perspective of repetition and mm-hmm. putting in offenses, putting in defensive schemes, offenses sets, putting in different things in repetition, repetition, it's a constant state of reinforcement with the girls. With it the really is. A constant course, state of reinforcement. That works with boys as well, right? I mean, who doesn't right. like to be encouraged? But right. for them. That's the fuel that keeps them going. If you they get the sense that you disapprove of them or they're disappointing you, and they will project what that means to them, right? You don't have to say I disapprove of you or I, you know, or you're disappointing me. But if they get that sense, the work ethic and the grittiness drops in many cases. And then conversely, and we haven't really talked about this as much, the women wired with those rip your face off competition. I'm happy to be in charge, and actually I am confident, and I believe I can do it, and I don't care what you believe. Then. The and how embracing are we to those of women that have those characteristics, right? And I've had more than one coach wired that way, female coach, say, I'd rather coach boy sports because the boys are wired more that way. And I'm very proud that I I stopped one of them this year in 2023 and said, the, the girls need to see you. Okay. Mm-hmm. They need to see a woman like you that can take over the world and please get out of the way. But you know that you, that you will not. Do not expect that from them when we saw their strength finder results, right? And it was all about the love and what I call love and hard work, the strengths that are relationship oriented and the strengths that are get it done and achieve, right? Which is not the same as winning, but there are competitive girls and there's there the, the amount of competition is from a strength finder standpoint in, in the female athlete group of 728 is higher by a lot than most, than if we pulled women off the street, right? Okay. But right. self confidence is not. And that's the problem I have, right? How do you see that show up in the corporate world? Like if you have a former college athlete, a former Olympian, uh, a former high school standout, you love the fact the athletics is there. Like you get a, being a part of something bigger than yeah. yourself, being yeah. goal-oriented, right? 
self-discipline, structure. They make good that's, employees. But that self-confidence piece, how as a male leader, as a female leader, for that matter, right. how right. much do I need to be aware that that, store, that still may be something that's underlying in this team member? I think we just need more awareness around this. And by the way, my Win Like a Girl confidence training is being used by women in the corporate world as part of resource groups for women, right? Because I've got a great LinkedIn. If Because some of your people are on LinkedIn, right? Some of oh, your... Yep. Okay, I'm going to send you another link. And it's a woman that works at IBM, which is where I used to work. And her name is Hannah Frey, F-R-E-Y. Hannah wrote a great blog po- post a year ago about a mistake she made when she was a college lacrosse player and in, a, in a school in, in Massachusetts. Okay. Boston College or Boston, I'm not sure. It's somewhere okay. like that. Okay. And in high school in New York. Now, don't go getting BC and BU mixed up, though, because you'll, you'll get some people <laughs> upset. But anyways, I, I digress. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So I'm right. in Michigan, people. All right. We we think yeah. we're the center of the universe. And we do have problems in Michigan State, but let's just let yeah, Hey, there's um, problems in Ann Arbor, too. There are. This woman, Hannah, had been a two-time captain as a lacrosse, and they'd gone to, in New York, and had gone to the state finals, final four, like twice or whatever. The captains of the college team had been picked by the coaches early in previous seasons. She was a junior, I believe, in college. And they said, we're going to do it differently this time. If you want to be captain, and she had no warning, which would have given her a little, she may have needed time to think. If you want to be captain, here's your, you stand up and say why. And she's like, every bone in my body was screaming, stand up. You would be great at this. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. I know I can do it. And she didn't do it. And she said, it's one of her biggest regrets to this day. Here's the good news. She learned from that. And now when she's feeling uncomfortable or there's an opportunity for a step up or step over to go to a different part of IBM, she raises her hand. So that's the great news. But I want her to to know how to do that before she gets so that she could have been captain. Well, now we can in when like girl confidence training, we can train for that. We can train for that. For those moments. So what do you see the young women that do lean into wanting to be a captain? What are some of the strengths and traits that you see in them? You know, I don't think there's a single one. Right. And you th- if you think about captains, there are captains who lead, and this is like leaders, they lead from a position of knowledge, the knowledge of the sport or knowledge of the of the company or knowledge of the industry you're in. There's there are knowledge-based leaders, and then there are relationship-based leaders. Mm-hmm. I would look for pairs. And I'm I, I'm still working with Cranbrook Hockey in Michigan, which is the team in Destination Unstoppable. And I met with the head coach and assistant coach yesterday, and we were talking about captains for this year. So we have a captain's meeting every year to talk about what being a great captain looks like, right? But I think, I don't think there's any given one thing. I think it's it's a variety of characteristics that often match to strengths. And the men do like winners, right? In other words, competitive people. <laughs> but you can also see the mistake many people make. And I'm from Michigan where Miggy, um, Miguel Cabrera is retiring like this weekend is his last games, whatever. Some along the line, they said, there was a guy on the team named Victor Martinez who was good friends with Mickey. And Victor, Victor was the team captain. They don't have a captain in baseball. At least I've never seen that on, on the pro team. But the discussion was why wouldn't Miggy be that? Miggy needs to hit, hit the home run. Okay. And if Miggy's not a natural captain, even though he's very likable and very playful, don't put him in that role just because he's a great player. Do you see what I'm saying? So there is, you know, I, I asked, just do all three captains want to be captains? I asked. I think that's an important thing to, to because maybe they don't. But they would never ha- may hesitate to say, I actually don't want to be a captain, right? That's okay. It's okay, right? What's his role then, his or her role? There's other roles, right? There's the team captain to chemistry of team chemistry, which is part of Destination Stoppable story, right? From the, the goalie that didn't play. Right. So there's, so anyhow, that's my theory is yeah. you as the coach need to be clear what you expect of your captain. The captains have to be clear that that's what the role expectations are. Then we look at the, you know, the strengths and how they achieve it in that way. But I think having everybody be a hard driving, rip your face off, win it, 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 and be captain. If everybody's that way on the team, that's going to be hard. I think, I think that's less effective. Here's a question that I had not planned on asking, but I think it's really significant because, and this is coming from a coaching standpoint is okay. I get it. Like I get the social aspect of women's sports, girls' sports. I get the fact that we have to train to confidence. But how, Maureen, do I oh hold them accountable? Because no, nervous? we're still oh. going to have standards. We're still going to have expectations, right? How do I hold these girls accountable without damaging them? Team trust bank. 
If we had a team trust bank, we would not have the problems. So we coaches have. are in the team trust bank. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. there is a situation, a small one in the book where somebody says, was that a withdrawal from trust bank? Or Riley may even ask the coach, Riley, did I just make a withdrawal? Have I gone back to my old ways? And by the way, the trust bank, when I go into teams that I've worked with, sports teams in particular, I'll say on a scale of one to 10, where one is we got no money and tens, we've got all kinds of money in the trust bank. Right. On this team today, what's our trust bank level? Mm-hmm. And so everybody everybody votes and we end up with some number like 5.2 or whatever. But then it's like, okay, what are, we, what are we not doing right that we could be doing more of? And so it's a constant discussion about where are we today with our trust bank? Where are we today if we rank? And I have people rank themselves on athletes rank themselves on their, their, their compete level, their work ethic, their coachability. These are those four pillars of victory in the book, right? And be a, being a great teammate. And so my when I work with teams, we use a worksheet. How do you rank yourself today? What thing can you do this week to be better at that? That's co- accountability as well. But anytime you're any of those things, you've battled hard and you're a great mm-hmm. teammate and you listen to the coaches, that is a deposit in the team trust bank. There's always all good things that happen in teams are deposits in the trust bank. You know, it's funny. I just thought of a story years ago when I was a head coach at a junior college. We were struggling. I mean, at the time, I think we were 16 and two, 16 and three, but finals had just ended. We were struggling. And I was furious, but something went off in my head. I'm not sure what it was. And I didn't kick him out of practice. I just said, listen, come here, we're done. Now, here's what you need to do. You need to go find $5, get showered, change, get $5, and meet me at this bowling alley. We went bowling. And now that I look back on that, yeah, we talk about But think about when teams play wiffle ball or volleyball or softball. Right. But now that you think back on that, not are you just having fun and getting away from it, you really are pouring into this trust bank yes, as you, you joke, as you laugh, as you yeah. give each other high fives, as you, you know what I mean? It has nothing to do but what's happening in that moment. And you actually, even when you give each other a hard time in those moments, you're pouring into the trust bank. Yes, you are. I, I just realized, I literally just had that epiphany. I'm a slow learner, Maureen. No, um, you're not. You're very No, good but learner. that, I just love this. Well, before we wrap this up, let's talk about where we can find out about Maureen Monte Consulting. Okay, let's talk about the book. Let's talk about your Facebook page. Give us everything on social where our listener can go and dive in because I know they're eager to do so. Aw, well, thank you again for for allowing me to have this discussion with you. And one last thing about what I want coaches to do, though, and I ask a coach yes. after they read this book, right? A pre like you did, you read it. Yeah. Um, I asked one of them. I said, and he was a lacrosse coach and helped me correct my mistakes. I'm, I'm not. I don't know anything about lacrosse. I'm talking about coaching about lacrosse. You know, I'm writing a book about it. And I said, could you do this now? on your own without the book. He goes, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm like, and I said, oh, so you want girls to go outside their comfort zone every day. Mm-hmm. And you're not, you're not willing. So what if you said to your girls, you know what? We are going to try something new this year. I have no idea if I'll be any good at this, but I'm going to do our best and we're going to make the journey as a team. Who's with me? The team will love him for it. He doesn't have to be perfect at it, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be perfect at this to start, right? The, the playbook at the end will help you. And this is a great experience as a coach. It's a lot of fun. I think they have fun with it. And okay. it's a journey. It's, it's a, a journey. journey. It's, yeah. It might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. Keep making deposits. Keep right. doing these things. Try the new things. Try these happen. exercises and activities right. with the girls. Yeah. And you never per- when have you ever run a drill that didn't go like you thought it was gonna? Okay. Yeah. You adjust. Often. Yeah. Yeah. Often. Yeah. Right. So this is the same mentality we need yeah. for, for I love people it. doing it. I love um, it. in terms of where to find me, MaureenMonty.com. Uh, the book will be is on Amazon and on all the online bookstores. It will be in bookstores late October of 2023. And you can always, if you want like a personalized autograph copy, you can always reach out to me on my website. Or you can do what I'm going to do. And I'm going to drive wherever you're having a book signing in Michigan. And I'm going to meet you and have you sign it in person. Oh my gosh. Well, and then we can take a picture together. Well, that sounds like a grand. I love that idea. That yes. would make me very happy. We'll go to dinner. Um, Even better. And, and then you can find Facebook. It's Maureen Monty, but it's also Win Like a Girl book on Facebook. It's Win Like a Girl book uh, on YouTube, where I have some interviews with athletes mm-hmm. that's fun, that are fun. And there's going to be more of those with athletes and coaches and parents. So if that's awesome. if that's good enough. That is fantastic. And we'll, we'll have all of this in the show notes, obviously. Awesome. And Thank we you. will do some social posts on this and some video clips and all sorts of great stuff. Now, I have to ask you, we only have a few minutes, but I have to ask you this. And this is something I'm absolutely going to start incorporating in the work that I do with our biopharma and biotech clients. I, I love this. Can you briefly, succinctly, and you and I are going to connect on this again, talk about the impact tree. I think it's one of the coolest exercises 
And I think it's important. And I think it goes hand in hand with the coaches that read Win Like a Girl to understand the significance of not only the impact that they're having, but how exponential that is all the way down the line and the impact that the girls that they coach can have over time. So I blogged about the impact tree. Mm-hmm. And it is basically the idea of you measuring how many people you touched and what the impact was. So let's say you have a, a workshop and I'm just say 10 people show up just because that's yep. easy, an easy number, yep. 10 coaches, whatever. Perfect. And then they go on and implement when like a girl or for example, or destination stoppable with their teams of 22 people. So now the number's gone from one of the 10 to 22 plus one, right? So to 23. And then they do it year after year, or those girls then start using it in a different part of their life, like debate team or robotics, right? So it's this notion of keeping track of how you have made an impact on people. And it isn't about looking like, oh, let me pat myself on the head that I'm just so wonderful. It's really about just saying, wow, that's great news, right? And the fact that I'm thrilled that I've worked with this many coaches and athletes, it's now 2000-ish, right? But what makes me happy is how they use it in their own life or how the girls that they've worked with or the boys they've worked with have used it. Or they come back to me that I've worked with them and say, yeah, athletes like five years later and say, I'm still doing this. It's just well, a way of helping, of understanding that that's how it works. And, and I also think it's a great tool for us to use to teach these young athletes about the significance they can have in this world, mm-hmm. no matter how small of a role they think they're playing. Mm-hmm. So I really think we have a couple of generations that are afraid to lean into significance. I, and, I think you're correct. And yeah. COVID hurt that. It did big time. Right? It it did. Yep. Big now, I was going to say, it's not their fault. It's just, no, I, but no. this gives us an opportunity to put it on full display. And the work that you are doing, Maureen, is so significant, so impactful. And so awesome. Obviously, as a girl dad, I greatly appreciate this book. Hey, I look forward to coming to a book signing. I will be there. All right. Win like a girl. But you have to, I have to thank you for the blurb you gave me that's in the book, right? It's in the very front of the book. And the fact that you read it and gave me feedback. That was super helpful. I loved it. I mean, I could it was one of those books, literally, and I'm not saying this just to say this. I couldn't put it down. I mean, it was and especially when the story really starts rolling. And like I said, we start connecting to people and not just I wasn't just connecting it to people in the you sports world, but to people in my past, to people that I work with in the corporate world, yeah. you see it. And I appreciate it. I was humbled and honored that you asked me to do so. Well, thanks. And for being here today. And this is our first, my first podcast about when like a girl, it couldn't be it. better. It's a, I love it's it. A Grab your copy picture. today, Maureen. I so appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time and look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thanks, Ed. Thank you for listening to the athletics of business. Be sure to give us a rating and review. So we know how we're doing for more information about the show. Visit theathleticsofbusiness.com. Now, get out there, think, act, and execute at the highest level to unleash your greatness.